Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how caregivers may experience post-traumatic growth from the pandemic, how science helped the UK have one of the most memorable postcode systems in the world, and what researchers learned when they witnessed the birth and development of a completely new language. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Parents and other caregivers have had a hard time since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. But a new survey conducted during the first wave of infections is pointing to a silver lining in all that hardship. It suggests that caregivers have experienced what's called post-traumatic growth. This comes from a study where psychologists surveyed 385 British and Portuguese caregivers of children between the ages of 6 and 16 between the start of May and the end of June last year. On the face of it, things didn't look great for the caregivers, who were mostly mothers. 70% were working exclusively from their homes, and nearly half had less income than before the pandemic. Almost all their children were being homeschooled, so these caregivers were responsible for the children full-time while also trying to work. And to make matters worse, 20% of the respondents said a family member was sick or suspected to be infected with COVID. Definitely a rough time to be a caregiver. But then the researchers asked this question. Do you think there are any positives to come out of this pandemic and the social distancing restrictions? And a whopping 88% of the people said yes. Almost half of the caregivers who answered yes said their family relationships had grown closer and more understanding. 22% said they had more appreciation for life. 16% said they experienced spiritual growth, and 11% said they were able to embrace new possibilities and opportunities. The people who saw the bright side of the pandemic didn't feel any less anxiety than those who didn't. But they did score significantly better on measures of well-being. The researchers call this an example of post-traumatic growth. That's when people experience positive effects from stressful or traumatic events. Researchers say that when people experience trauma, their sense of self is shaken and they have to rethink their worldview. Maybe a car crash makes them realize how precious their life is, or surviving a natural disaster makes them change their career and join the Red Cross. After a difficult period, those with post-traumatic growth experience positive change. Researchers said the study gave them some hope for positive things that could be waiting for us on the other side of this pandemic. They also said it might be helpful to families who are still stuck at home in challenging circumstances. It's okay to acknowledge that this is hard, but good things could come from it too. The United Kingdom has one of the world's most memorable postal codes. A 2016 survey by the UK's Postal Service found that residents were more likely to remember their postcode than their own home phone number. But get this, that's by design specifically the design of a cognitive psychologist. Turns out the governments can do some pretty cool things by using science. The UK's Postal Service, aka the Royal Mail, went through a major makeover in the 1950s. There was a lot more mail after the Second World War, and the Royal Mail wanted to be able to use machines to sort it all automatically. So they called on cognitive psychologist Reuben Conrad to invent a system of postcodes to help them do that. Conrad was given some parameters. The codes had to be memorable and easy to use, but they also had to accommodate millions of addresses. 
Scientists had already discovered that our short-term memory is only capable of holding between five and nine pieces of information at a time. Researchers also knew that codes that only contained numbers were harder to remember, so it had to be a mix. The code Conrad designed has two parts. The first half of the code is known as the outward code, and it represents the post area and district. It starts with one or two letters of the area, like OX for Oxford, followed by one or two numbers for the district in that area. And next, the inward code represents the post sector and unit. This part gets the mail to a certain street within a postal district. Numbers represent the sector, and letters stand in for the unit in that sector. Our brains remember things better in chunks, so a space between the two pieces breaks things up. So the postal code for Oxford University is OX1 space 2JD. There are a few exceptions to this system. Like if you're sending mail to a member of the military, the outward code starts with BF for British forces. Start your outward code with XX if you're returning an online purchase. Then if you're mailing something within the city of London, the districts corresponds to their orientation from the city center, like north or southwest. Conrad died last year at the ripe old age of 103, but because of his invention, it's safe to say he'll be remembered by generations to come. Just like postcodes. What if you were born unable to speak your parents' language? That's the challenge faced by children who are born deaf. And without a formal education in sign language, those kids are isolated from the rest of the world. That was the situation for deaf people in Nicaragua before 1980. But when the first school for the deaf was established, something amazing happened. The students created a completely new language together, and researchers were there to watch it happen. This first school brought children together from all around Nicaragua, and many of these students were meeting other deaf people for the very first time. They were initially meant to be trained in spoken Spanish and lip-reading. But instead, the students brought the different gestures they had used to communicate with their families at home, and they created an improvised sort of sign communication system with each other. The next generation of students turned this rudimentary system into a fully-fledged, grammatically complete sign language known as Idioma de Señas de Nicaragua, or Nicaraguan Sign Language. Linguistic researchers began recording and studying the emerging language in 1986, which means they were able to document the birth of a language in real time. New languages usually arise out of already existing languages, like the way Latin turned into French and Spanish. Another way is when very different languages come into contact and people are forced to improvise. In those cases, they form a pidgin or a sort of stopgap language. And sometimes that language becomes a full-fledged language with native speakers over time, as it did for Hawaiian Creole English or Jamaican Patois. The Nicaraguan language shared some pidgin characteristics. When the next generation of younger students came to the school, they observed the communication system used by the older kids and started to use it in a more consistent way. So, for example, instead of pantomiming an action and pointing to people to show who did the action— they used a compact gesture that already showed the agent or recipient of the action. They were no longer laying out a scene as much as inflecting a verb. 
Linguists found that the kids who came into the school at a young age, like five or six, were the engine of making the language rule-based and consistent. But it was more than that. Without those early structures from the first generation of students, they wouldn't have anything to work from. So language creation needs the flexible minds of children, but it also needs the patterns that emerge from active interaction among members of a culture. Well, let's recap what we learned today. We learned you can experience a positive effect after a stressful or traumatic event in what researchers call post-traumatic growth. Things are hard, and this doesn't take away from that, to be clear. But hopefully, knowing this can help you find some hope by looking ahead to the future. I mean, I definitely can see how the pandemic has made me zero in on the important relationships in my life and stop rushing around and trying to be busy all the time. Kind of, you know, being in the moment more than constantly thinking about what's coming next. Oh, see, it's just made me focus on my physical health. A couple of weeks ago, I actually went and got a COVID test because I thought I had a symptom of shortness of breath. It turned out I didn't have COVID, but I was horribly out of shape. So I actually want to genuinely plea to you, if you're listening, exercise, or just at least just take care of yourself if you can. Like, it did not feel good to be like, oh, is this symptoms of a horrible virus or is it just I'm not good at taking care of myself? And when I learned it was the second one, that didn't make me feel good. So, you know, do it again. You have to really make that conscious effort to move your body for sure. Yeah, it's an effort. I'm not saying it's easy, but I think it's worth the effort. You're not going to hear me argue. Right. And we also learned that the UK has one of the world's most memorable postcode systems because of cognitive psychology. The Royal Mail went through a makeover in the 1950s where postcodes were divided into chunks that people could remember better. If you look at a lot of the numbers that you have to memorize all the time, they're kind of designed this way, too. Not quite as well. We don't have the numbers and letters in our in U.S. zip codes or anything like that. But phone numbers are divided into chunks so that you don't have to remember 10 numbers. You remember three chunks of numbers. Same thing with U.S. social security numbers. Those hyphens are there for a reason. It would be nice if we could hire cognitive psychologists to design everything we have to remember so that they were that much easier. But, you know, we do what we can. That would be nice. And bonus fun fact, Sir Roland Hill is the name of the guy who devised the London Postal Districts way back in the 1840s. He also invented the concept or the structure of prepaid postage. And since Britain was the first country to issue prepaid postage stamps, it's the only country that doesn't bear its name on its stamps. It's like American stamps say USA, stamps in the United Kingdom just have the queen on them. Fun fact from this story's author, Steffi Drucker. Fascinating. And we learned that in the 1980s, researchers witnessed the birth of a completely new language, Nicaraguan Sign Language. Students created a sort of improvised sign communication system with each other, which younger students then observed and built out into a brand new language with grammar and everything. Language rules. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Steffi Drucker, and Erica Okrent, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. It's not a mystery where you can find us, unlike the mystery at SP47DE, of course. Oh, now I have to find out where that is. 
And until then, stay curious.